DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Coming up this morning, Steve Cleveland's going to join us about an hour. Our basketball insider will talk to him about the jazz, the scrimmages, the NBA restarting Thursday. The scrimmages will be done and the regular season will get going. Pick back up eight games and the Jazz will play the Pelicans Thursday Thursday afternoon. So we got that coming up. Bob Casper is going to join us in a moment uh, to talk golf here. Tony Finau, former West High Panther, with another top 10 finish. 30 of them now over the last three and a half seasons, which is a lot. Also the most without a victory. And that is a... Uh, that is a number he would definitely like to change. Bob Casper joining us now from Real Golf Radio. You hear him Saturday mornings with Brian Taylor. They're on for three hours, getting you up to date on the world of golf. He joins us right now on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Bob, good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. So... Tony Finau, the West High yeah. Panther. Before we get into all the, the numbers and all that, how, how, well uh-huh. do you, how well do you know Tony? Because he was a story as a teenager, so uh, this would be kind of unusual, a, a touring pro that you knew in his teens, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I can, you know, I can, we used to have our studio down there at Thanksgiving Point, and we'd see him walk in and out all the time, hitting, hitting golf balls and there to practice and play and that kind of thing, but... You know, Tony was a guy that um, my my son Mason. Um, they were kind of around the same age, and um, so they played a lot of high school golf and junior golf together. Um, became pretty good friends, and um, Tony, like you said, turned professional right after high school. Decided that he wasn't going to go to college, and and it took him a while to get out on the PGA tour. But you know, he played he played the Canadian tour, he played the Corn Ferry tour. Um, one on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, also, um, you know, he's, he's played the PGA Tour now since 2015. So he's in his fifth year season. He has one win. It was an opposite field event down in Puerto, Puerto Rico. But, but nonetheless, still a win on the PGA Tour. And he's still, he's still trying to get his second win. He's come close many, many times, especially um, this year when he lost. Well, Last year, he lost to Xander Shoffley in a WGC event over in, over in Asia. And then this year, he lost to Webb Simpson. But, you know, you look at his last couple of weeks, uh, he has an eighth, um, and he has a third. And um, I like the way he's trending. I like the way he's playing. Um, and it's just a matter of time before he gets over the hump. And when he does, he's going he's gonna to be more, feel more comfortable with it, and, um, and he's going to win a lot more. So what specifically do you think he needs, Bob, to get over that hump? Well, you know, I, in, in talking with um, some people in his camp this week, or this last week, um, when I had heard about uh, him letting his caddy go, um, you know, I think one of the things is is that, that he gets somebody on the bag that can push him, that can um, not, require, not require him to, uh, to be kind of... Uh, I guess conservative because that's that's not Tony. It doesn't seem like that's Tony's game. He's he's can what he, he's what I call or to term conservative aggression. And and Tony's a guy that's got distance, 
um, and he needs to be able to maximize on on that opportunity. You know, he's he's a guy that hits it as far, if not farther, than Bryson DeChambeau. He hits it farther, if not, than uh, Dustin Johnson and um, Brooks Kepka. Um, you know, all the guys that are long guys in the game, Tony can hit it right up with him. Uh, he's kind of dialed his game back a little bit to try to be more consistent. But in the last couple of weeks, he's become a little bit more aggressive off the tee and tried to hit the ball further down the fairway. So as, as he does that, and as he gets a caddy on the bag, that's going to push him instead of let him kind of lay back a little bit, especially in those latter parts of, of a golf tournament in the, in the late rounds, then I think you're going to see him have more birdie opportunities and then have, and then be able to make some of those um, and to win a golf tournament. So I'm, I'm curious here with the 30, he's got 30 top tens now in the last three and a half Uh years without a win. And there, I think there are guys who have that many top tens, but they have wins. The guys who don't have wins, nobody else has more than 15 of them. So, right. How much should he be congratulating himself on the uh, on the rounding the game into shape that you're in the top ten all the time, and how much do you think it's at the forefront of his brain that man I have got to win? Well, I think I think that's I think that's right up there. Um, you know that the forefront of his brain is is saying yeah you know and and maybe maybe he puts a little bit too much pressure on himself to begin with. I mean when I when I look at what he's able to do. Um, you know, in the first three rounds of, of any golf tournament, his scoring average is phenomenal. He's in the he's in the top 15 on the PGA Tour. Um, in the first round, he's he's ninth in scoring average. Second round, he's 14th in scoring average. And third round, he's 13th in, in scoring average. But this is the kicker right here. In his fourth round scoring average, he's, his scoring average is 71.33, which is 165th on tour. So he's, he needs to learn how to get that final round scoring average down in in the range that he's you know in the in the sixty nine range um, on average like like his other rounds are concerned and uh, and I think I think he'll he'll get through it but uh, you know my dad always said that when the pressure's on there's two things that can happen one that you you go after it. And, and you enjoy it and relish having the pressure on. You want the ball, so to speak, um, you know, to put it in the basketball term. Give me the ball. I want to shoot it. Or um, people shy away from it. Um, and Tony doesn't shy away from it. Tony, Tony loves the pressure. Um, you've seen him uh, have tons of pressure on him in a Ryder Cup situation, also in a President's Cup situation, and he's been able to perform. So I don't, I don't doubt that at all. Um, what 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 he needs to do is just figure out how to score better in a in a final round, and once he does that, then he's going to win golf tournaments. So then, that's sort of a, a longer way of saying that it's all mental. It can be. You bet it can be. Um, but I think when when you're talking about, like I said, the the pressure um, getting down to uh, the final nine holes of a, of a championship or whatever, um, it is a mental game. Um, and the guys that are able to handle it the best are, are, are able to perform the best um, under that type of a situation. So Tony's learning that. I mean, here's a guy that, that like you said, um, he turned professional at the age of 17. 
um, he, it took him a long time to get, you know, eight, nine years to get out on the PGA Tour. Um, it's, it's a process. And Tony's, Tony, you know, he, he won, he won um, at each level as he's going along. He's won on the PGA Tour. Um, but, you know, to get your first one is one thing. To get your second one and more than that is, is a little bit more difficult. Um, and so, um, because, because it, like you said, PK, it, it, it deals with your mind a little bit more, man, I've won once. I need to win more. I need to win multiple more. I need to win a major. Um, he's put himself in contention in majors many, many times. Um, so it's, it's in, in my opinion, uh, everybody wants this, this gratification to happen quickly and that kind of thing. I, 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 in my opinion, Tony's right where he needs to be. Um, he's top, top 25 in FedEx Cup points right now. Um, he's had five top tens this, this year so far. Uh, he's only missed three cuts. He's made a couple million dollars already on the PGA Tour in a crazy year where they had to take three months off. Um, and he's come back, and he's come back very strong. And I think uh, I think he's he just needs to keep on the same track that he's going, and uh, and like like I said, get somebody on the bag that's going to push him a little bit to uh, to be a better player. Bob Casper joining us, Real Golf Radio, right here on ninety seven five at twelve eighty the Zone. I don't know if this question will say end up saying more about Tony or you know more about you, Bob. But let's go anyway. Um, you know, there's a quote that's older than any of us. Uh, I think it was attributed to Leo DeRosha or 80 or 100 years ago. Nice guys finish last. If you know Tony, he couldn't be nicer. I ran into him long after he'd blown up on the, on the tour, and I'd, I'd known him a little bit when he was a t- teenager, mm-hmm. doing a couple TV interviews and stories and stuff. And I saw him at Ron McBride's uh, tournament. He was there. He was saying hi to everybody who was coming through. No arrogance, couldn't have been more grounded. But I know that in sports, you know, some of the best athletes in multiple sports we know can all be a little bit of a bleep. And a lot of people believe you got to be a little bit of a bleep to be the other incredibly physically gifted athletes in whatever your sport is. Does that work against him? You know, and you know, through your dad, you've been around some of the best golfers in the game. And some people can actually turn that on and off a little bit. They've got that, but they're very good at limiting it just to the competition. Other people, you know, just have it all the time. What do you think about that? Do you buy any of the whole nice guys finish last and he just needs to be a little bit more of a, you know, killer instinct and grinder? Well, I, th- I think he does have a killer instinct. Um, I, th- I think he's a competitor, um, he, but he is an ultra nice guy. He's such a great guy. Um, so, um, <coughs> excuse me. You know, I think of I think of nice guys. I think of um, you know Phil Mickelson was was the ultimate one of the ultimate nice guys. Phil Mickelson would stay around for a couple two or three hours after losing a major championship and sign autographs. You know, not everybody does that. Um, but yet he, he was a competitor and, and he, he was an assassin and he wanted to, he wanted to beat you on the golf course. I think Tony has that in him. Um, you know, maybe he hasn't developed it to the, to the length of say, uh, you know, a Phil Mickelson or whatever, but Tony's, Tony's learning how, how to be, um, he's learning how to juggle. In other words, um, being a great guy and a super nice guy 
being able to um, maximize his own time and um, and um, and then I think he's he's also learning how uh, like you said to be an assassin to, to be somebody that's gonna that's gonna relish being in a situation and beating the heck out of you uh, it's it's uh, like I said it's a process and uh, and he's he's you know he's performing great um, it's just a matter of time I think before he wins and wins multiple times so on Sunday he's in contention obviously deep into the tournament a couple putts mm-hmm. don't go his way explain yeah. the nature of putting as I related to taking a shot in basketball or baseball you know in baseball you want to put a good swing on it and then really you can't control what happens if it's hit at somebody well that's the way it goes uh, if you hit it over the fence great and basketball you know you want a good shot we know a good shot versus a brick we can visualize that in my, our sure. minds on the green you hit a good putt and it doesn't go. Is that uh, an oxymoron, or is it something that you can live with? You hit a good putt, it just happened to not fall. Well, I think I think it's a little bit of both. First of all, um, you put pressure on yourself to make putts, um, and that can cause a lot of problems. Uh, second of all, once once you strike that ball and it's rolling on the green, there's so many influences in in the the texture of the greens, um, the slope of the greens. Um, wind, um, all that kind of thing that are totally out of your control. You try to you try to put into your computer or your mind what 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 you see and and what you need to do to to make the putt. But it's it doesn't always necessarily happen that way. Um, but putting is a thing that Tony is starting to improve on. Um, last going into last week, he was uh, what they call strokes strokes gained. Um, on the PGA Tour. In other words, um, strokes gain means that the, the the average person on tour would be a zero uh, in strokes gain putting um, out of all the players that play on tour. Tony is a .127, but really good putters are point are one or two point whatever. Tony right now is 98th on tour. Last going into last week, he was over 100. Um, so he's he's getting better with his putting. That's to me right now. I think that's the thing that Tony is is lacking is consistently good putting week in and week out. And once he, once he, I mean that's that's one of the things that my dad prided himself on uh, was his putting. Tiger Woods a phenomenal putter. Phil Mickelson a phenomenal putter. The guys that figure out their putting and that can make a lot of putts, um, you know, you drive it for show and you putt it for dough, and and that's what that's what Tony needs to work on is his putting right now because it's lacking a little bit. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau went from seventy something to in the top fifteen, um, and and in doing that, he came out on on after this break after COVID, and and he uh, he had straight top tens and won a golf tournament so if he can figure out the putting that's going to lead a lot to the problems that he's having about not making or winning a golf tournament got to stay out there while the fog rolls in in chula vista and it gets dark you almost have to sense the hole am i right bob well well and that's what my dad used to do when he was a little (laughs) kid he used to caddy at san diego country club and they used to go out on the 14th green which is par five way out on the far corner of the golf course when it was dark 
and they used to light matches over the hole and have putting contests um, <laughs> and putt for money. And so, um, you know, it's 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 a lot. It's you know, everybody thinks that you have to practice a lot with you know with your long game, and yes, you need to do that. But when you're lacking in certain areas, it, it requires you a lot of. It, requires a lot of discipline for you to, you know, spend the time putting, spend the time working on, on rolling the ball and, and, um, you know, making that, making the short putts, making the long putts, that kind of thing. Guys win golf tournaments because they're making putts, you know, um, and, uh, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, any of the guys that are the top players, um, they're making putts to win golf tournaments. PK always says David Locke uh, fell in love with the wrong sport, that he should be doing baseball because he loves the numbers, he loves the analytics. And analytics yeah. and baseball are a great fit because the game isn't free-flowing. You know, it, it's a series of one-on-one matchups. There's a stop and a start. So you can really isolate the numbers. Basketball is okay. Football and soccer are terrible for, for analytics. It, it's just, I'm thinking in golf, you always know these numbers, right? And you got these percentages. Do you know what percentage of a time guys hit 20, 30, 40-foot putts on tour? Obviously, the speed of the greens, the conditions, how wet they are, how much break is in a putt influences all of that. Is it worth drilling into all of that to know how often guys are supposed to hit what we would consider just monster monster putts under pressure? Yeah, so um, so the PGA Tour has all these stats, um, and and uh, you know he, he you look at Tony's stats. You know he makes ninety nine percent of his putts from three feet. He makes ninety percent of his putts from four feet. He makes eighty five percent of his putts from five feet. Sixty seven percent from six feet. Fifty-two percent from seven feet. Now look. Now listen to this. From eight feet, he drops all the way to thirty-eight percent. But from nine feet, he jumps back up to forty-eight percent. So um, you know, putting inside ten feet, he's at eighty-eight percent. Putting from ten to fifteen feet, he's at thirty-one percent. Uh, Fifteen to twenty, he's at thirteen percent. Twenty-five, he's at. He, he actually makes more putts from twenty to twenty-five feet than he does from fifteen to twenty feet. So. Um, you know, there there are lots of stats and everything like that, but you know, I, I think overall putting, um, you just you just have to work on it, get a feel for it. Putting putting has a lot to do with mechanics, but it's all about getting the ball in the hole. And and um, players like Ben Crenshaw, my dad, um, Tiger Woods, whatever, they have a knack and a feel for the situation. Not only that, but also how to get the ball in the hole, um, to roll it in such a way that it has a chance and an opportunity to go in there every time. Bob, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on. All right, guys. Take care. Bob Casper, check him out on Real Golf Radio Saturday mornings with Brian Taylor. PK, I hear him talk about putting and those numbers, and it's just it, it reminds me of your theory on shooting against the 24-second clock. You know, Tony Finau at eight feet isn't as good as Tony when he gets out to nine feet. The further out you get, the less pressure there is. It's like there's pressure when you shoot with seven seconds on the clock, but when there's one second on the clock, there's no pressure, so you just let it rip. Let it rip, yes. I got to admit, man, when he was going on that numbers, I started to look at my phone, but that's just <laughs> me. Uh, and I, I, I don't think your, your boy didn't fall in love with basketball. Your, your boy got paid by basketball. Uh, I think that uh, wherever, wherever, wherever the paycheck's coming, that's where you're falling in love. 
But uh, sure, yeah, you can argue that. They're, you're expected to make a five-footer and not expected as much percentage-wise to make a 15-footer. So you're looser. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. That's what I was trying to say as far as the putting. How much of it is the will, you know? Why could uh, somebody make a free throw under pressure and somebody couldn't? Well, because it's just that. It's under pressure.